This is live from my office. Thank you for listening, wherever that may be, on whatever platform you choose. Please subscribe, like, follow, stalk, whatever you need to do to let me know you want to be subscribed to live from my office. Subscribe, rate, and review whenever you can. And do it for a friend. Do it for someone who is afraid of the podcast that maybe doesn't quite understand it like you do. Download it for your dad or your mom or your grandparents and let them know that they will never miss an episode of Live from My Office. Um, One of my uh, more uh, favorite guests is Senator Dick Durbin. And he joined me to talk about any number of things uh, that I think you're going to find interesting. So it's coming up shortly uh we're going to talk about guns you're going to be surprised at one of the states that flood guns into illinois it's not just indiana we'll talk about college costs and bat that around a bit and we'll talk about the mess that congress is so stand by for that as always it's brought to you by david hockberg and team hockberg at 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com all right look here's the deal when it comes to politics And I talked to Durbin about this a bit, but you got to vote in the primaries. And I really want you to make a mental promise to yourself and to me and to America that you are going to vote in the primaries. Why are the primaries important? Because you get the democracy you deserve. And even though so many people showed up for the presidential election last year, the midterm election coming up is crucial because it'll determine whether or not donald trump has a shot to come back is that what you want is this did you really enjoy the glenn close scene at the end of fatal attraction where we thought she was dead then she sat up in the tub and we had to shoot her good god the woman boiled a bunny do you want donald trump to boil your bunny i don't think so the point is this if you vote in the midterms and if you do the right thing and pick candidates wherever you are in america that actually represent your views you can shut down this insanity that the republican party has turned into there are very few people you can point to that are actual republicans there are trumpets and trump well i guess they'd all be trumpets wouldn't they they just follow trump and they're afraid of trump and it makes no sense he's dead politically and he's going to stay that way unless you decide not to get out and vote now the whole country is gerrymandered and these districts that are gerrymandered keep good people out in illinois where i live the democrats have gerrymandered the state to a point where the district the maps it looks ridiculous it looks like broken glass broken stained glass where these districts are cut up into pieces to guarantee that the majority of democrats will win their races well that's exactly what the majority of the country has done with gerrymandered republican states it's bad for everybody the supreme court has done a little bit to clear it up if you ever get a chance to fight against gerrymandering absolutely do it And when you vote for somebody, make sure they understand you don't want gerrymandering. Because the crazy thought is, you want to have a Congress that is composed of people that really want to do some good for you and not for them. I'm not saying that they should be elected to Congress, they, whoever they turns out to be, and that in doing that, they shouldn't be concerned about keeping their job. Of course they should. But all of Congress now, and certainly all the Republican Party, depends on your apathy, 
your inability to get off the couch turn off the real housewives of your city here and get out and vote in the primaries primary turnout's been about 20 percent. it's appalling so find someone you believe in fight for them and only if they'll fight for you not to stay in office but to serve you vote in the primaries we're gonna have a lot more of this in the weeks and months to come to talk about because we've got a long run-up but the time will fly as you know all right let's do this let's take a break we'll come back i invite you to email me anytime about anything might read it on the air here and do that at the cochran show at gmail.com we're back after this word from team hockberg with senator dick durbin next on live from my office If you're moving out of Illinois and purchasing a new home, then you need to do what we do when we have house questions of the financial nature. We always call Team Hochberg, a trusted local lender. According to United Van Lines, one of the country's largest moving companies, Illinois ranked third in the annual outbound report for the ninth consecutive year. Moving into a new home and a new state's overwhelming, so why stress out over your new mortgage? Team Hochberg has originated thousands of mortgages in states all over the country from the comfort of their Chicago area offices. In addition to helping you secure a new mortgage, Team Hockberg can also refer you to one of the trusted local realtors who can help sell your home in Illinois. Point being, you've got stress, you got troubles. Nobody knows the troubles you've seen. Hockberg knows, and he can help you out. If you're moving out of Illinois, call Team Hockberg now to get pre-approved for a new mortgage. Team Hockberg helped me and thousands of podcast listeners and radio listeners before that through the years to secure mortgages, on new homes after moving out of Illinois, but they can't help you if you don't call. That's 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com, 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com. And tune in to Home Sweet Home Chicago. Uh, Home Sweet Home is hosted by David Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on WGN. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 1124061. This is live from my office, and a pleasure to welcome Senator Dick Durbin to the uh, program. How are you, sir? I'm great, Steve. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing fine, and I know you're never busier than you've been now as Senate Judiciary uh, uh, Chair. It's a big job. We've got the Our Lakes Initiative, which I'm going to link some information to. It's a little deep to talk about in the short window we have here, but it's an important thing about making sure the, uh, the communities and less resources get equal access to make sure our lake is... Uh, is viable for uh, generations to come. But I want to start with the Biden trip. Did you feel like he had success when he stopped by Illinois? Yeah, I did. And I was kind of surprised. McHenry County, uh, a county that went for Trump uh, and is historically uh, a red county, although there's some sign of life on the on the blue side, uh, it was an interesting choice. And I asked the White House people, why? Why did you pick McHenry County? Crystal Lake. And they said, you know, what it boiled down to is they've got a hell of a sh- uh, program there in the McHenry County Community College. In the last five years, while well, a lot of schools have seen declining enrollment, they've seen increases in enrollment. They're doing the right thing. They're offering training and education that lead to good jobs. Yeah, and, and uh, it's crucial. I mean, it's just absolutely crucial. And we've talked about this before, but this is why I have so much um, uh, of positivity about president biden the right guy for the right time he connects with people in a way that most presidents don't and certainly not uh, donald trump 
Um, so I was pleased to see how it went as well. Of course, one of the things that had to come up was crime in Chicago. This is your town. This is my town. And uh, I'll give you just a little anecdote. I'm supposed to have dinner with friends on Saturday night. A guy that's worked in the city for 20 years said, we need to do it in the suburbs. I don't feel safe in the city after dark anymore. Uh, we can't have that. Boy, we can't. And let me tell you, Steve, it's heartbreaking to think that over the weekend, 104 or 108, whatever the final count was, were shot, 19 killed. Uh, and it isn't just in Chicago, but it is in Chicago, and we should never avert our eyes from it. It's reality. It's happening in big cities across the nation. And I sat down at dinner with the mayor, Mayor Lightfoot, just my, myself and her. And I said, what is going on here? And she said, we are awash in guns. We have more guns than you know you can count. We're confiscating thousands of guns during the course of the year, and still uh, on the street, if, if you hold up a $50 bill and say, I need a handgun, they say, can you wait 10 minutes? Yeah. You know, is, is that prevalent? And you just cannot ignore the reality that when you put that many guns out there, they're not for good reason. It's not self-defense. It's not sport. It's not hunting. It's the kind of gangland craziness that we see leading to spraying bullets. You know, they just recently had uh, two federal law enforcement uh, officials who were shot. And it appears that the excuse from the shooter now that they found him is, oh, I thought those were gang members in that car. I didn't realize they were federal law enforcement. Oh, they're gang members. That's okay. You can fire away. That's, that mentality, Has how stuff. do you break that? How do you break that? And, well, and does it impact quality of life? Since we seem to know statistically a, a good portion of these guns, maybe the majority are coming over the border from Indiana. Uh, is there no political pressure that Governor Pritzker could put on the governor of Indiana to, 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 to summit this thing and shut it down to some degree? Well, that's exactly what the mayor and I discussed. Uh, let's go to the sources. and they're Not exclusively, obviously, Indiana. Uh, they include, of all places, like the second or third on the list for crime guns in Chicago, Mississippi. What? No yes, no Mississippi. Because there are no standards for sales. There are no background checks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so... The, the, the criminal elements know where to get them. And you can fill up a trunk in, uh, in your car with these guns that you get at a gun show in Northwest Indiana or pick up Mississippi and cruise the interstate for a day and bring them up to Chicago. It's, it's just the reality of the situation. The point is, Steve, uh, people have this complaint, oh, the Democrats going to take our guns away. When you ask gun owners, they agree with the premise that people who are convicted felons or mentally unstable should not be buying firearms, 100%, period. 100%. And if we, if we start there, it's not going to solve the problem. It's going to move us in the right direction. Is there anything you can do at judiciary, aside from the things you constantly try to do, to stem the tide of this? Obviously not just in Illinois, but around the country. No. I'm just going to be blunt with you, and I'm sorry it breaks my heart to say it. I have 11 Democrats, 11 Republicans. I don't have a single vote on the Republican side of the table for anything related to guns. They do not want to even put a person in charge of the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms agency uh, because they might be keeping an eye on the gun dealers and such. It is a a fiction to say that Congress is going to rise to this challenge. We are not. Not with this construction. How are you able to get anything done at this point? I mean, you talk about a toxic workplace. What's more toxic than the House and the Senate? Well, it's tough. It it still happens. Uh, It it is rare, and a lot of work goes into it. But you'll find on topics not quite as uh, explosive as 
the gun issue, uh, some grounds were moving forward when we went on infrastructure. Uh, I met with 10 Republican senators, and they said, we're for infrastructure. Some parts of it were not. How about agreeing that we're going to do a bipartisan bill for what we agree on? I looked at it, and I thought, what they have included in their bill is already included in the Biden bill, so it isn't like they're coming up with crazy ideas. This is mainstream thinking, and we ought to do it just so we can you know, flex our muscles and see if we still have muscle memory when it comes to bipartisanship. It's got to uh, make you personally crazy because there's an awful lot on the Republican side, members that you've worked with for years, decades, who now yep, will tell you something true. in private and publicly uh, align with Donald Trump uh, as this continued hope by the furthest right Republicans that they're somehow going to get back control and turn this country into a nightmare. I, I just don't, it's got to be very difficult, I guess is what I'm saying for, for the position you're in. You take a look at the Senate, 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans. On the Republican side, I would guess maximum publicly six or seven Republican senators willing to split from Donald Trump, even though he's out of the presidency, uh, is in the wings and not as actively involved as before. But they live in mortal fear that the Trumpers, uh, people who are loyal to him back in their home states, will turn on them or other candidates and uh, nominate people who are even uh, more radical and more loyal to Trump uh, in the process. That is the reality, is the fear of a primary election uh, and what Trump can do when he turns on you. Isn't the cure of this, though, that we get the same sort of energy we had or as close to it? from the presidential election in 2016 we somehow instill in people you have to vote in the primaries and you have to vote for the people that you can best ascertain aren't crazy I, that's exactly right and I, I, this morning i went to a, a meeting of democratic party faithful in springfield and that was a message from robin kelly our new state party chair and myself there is no election that you can ignore every one of them counts and your vote counts in it and whether it's for school district or any other level uh, the fact is, if you don't vote, somebody else will, and, and their will will prevail if you're not a participant. So exercise your right to vote. And it really gets down to the heart of the controversy over vote suppression. There are many on the Republican side who look at the demographics of America and say, this doesn't add up for a Republican victory. We can either change our message and, and fight with Trump over that message, or we can do our best to limit opportunities to vote. That is the debate that's going on in voter suppression in 20 different states. I want to get to the good news of the child tax credit in just a second, but there's a couple other things that aren't so good that we have to address. Uh, the continued hope by the, uh, the the nutty fringe of the Republican Party that America is not paying attention or is so burned out by Trump that they don't have the energy to care, I think will come back to bite them in big ways on election days. But what do we do about January 6th? I saw it. You lived through it. Um, I, I, the idea that Americans wouldn't rise up in arms and say, of course we want an investigation is just stunning to me. Steve, when I walked through the Capitol, there are men and women in uniform posted at the doors who literally risk their lives so that I can go to work. Right. And that my staff can go to work and that the important people we need to meet with are safe coming and going. And they said to us after January 6th, when, when there were five people who died, and 140 law enforcement attacked, physically attacked, in that insurrectionist mob. They said to us, join together in a bipartisan commission and figure out what was really behind this. Not what's on the videotape, but was there sponsorship? Was there investment? Was there planning ahead of time? We ought to know that. 
And we brought that measure to the floor of the Senate, and it failed on a partisan vote. Failed on a partisan vote. Don't get it. When we had the direct appeal of these Capitol Police to please get to the bottom of this thing. Uh, I, it was just it was heartbreaking and maddening to think that we can have that kind of mob action on the United States Capitol. And there are many members on the other side who want to look the other way. They don't want to be reminded of what happened. They don't want to be reminded, but what happens if it happens again? They're going to be the first Shame people screaming them. for help. Of course. And they'll blame somebody else for it. But the fact was, I was with Mitch McConnell in the so-called secret place where they removed leadership. Uh, and I was part of it. That day, he had all the right instincts and said the right things as we were in small groups gathering. Schumer, Pelosi, and, and McConnell, myself, Hoyer, and a few others. And he was saying, we've got to take back control of the Capitol. We have to reconvene today. We've got to finish the electoral vote count. We cannot let these people prevail. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, we got one thing we agree on. Let's do it and do it right. And we did. Returned that evening and got the job done uh, with the vice president as uh, the Constitution requires. But when now time passes, we get into an election cycle, and what I hear from the same people is, well, it's not worth the effort. We shouldn't do it. I couldn't disagree more. It's just outrageous. And again, you know this. Your job is not to keep your job. Your job is to serve the people that elect you. I would love to know the actual headcount of people in Congress who still believe that. Yeah, that is the bottom line. And I will tell you, whether House or Senate, the survival is the first instinct, and and, and you have to at some time uh, in your career, I, I think if you're doing the right thing, say, I'm willing to risk it. I'll, I'll do something that may be unpopular, but I think is right, uh, and I hope that the voters respect me for it, even if they disagree. Yeah, people think I'm an idealist when it comes to that. No, that's the realism of it. Um, I, I encourage people to do, uh, Google Durbin and Senate, and you'll see everything on his website that the senator's office is working on. You, uh, you've been talking about student loans and making college affordable. Biden was talking about uh, community college being free for two years. All those things cost money. Separately from that, is there anything going on in the Senate uh, to look into the private and and public schools and the tuition costs and the increases in tuition uh, that continue to go on. These schools get tremendous tax breaks. Are we watching them close enough? I think it's interesting. Be- between market forces and political sensitivity, we're starting to ask the right question because there was a time, and not that long ago, and it's still going, where young people fresh out of high school or at that age are saying, maybe it isn't the smartest thing for me to go deeply in debt and right. pick up that diploma. And maybe it doesn't lead to a good job. Why am I wasting my time and burdening myself with this debt? And that question is forcing a lot of these institutions of higher learning to ask basic questions about whether they're really offering a work product that's worthwhile, whether they are price competitive with others that are doing it more cheaply and more effectively. That's the reality of what we face. But I do want to have your listeners remember two numbers, 9 and 30, because I think they're important to this discussion. Okay. 9% of the kids coming out of high school go on to higher education. 9% at for-profit colleges and universities. 9% of our high school grads. 30% of all the student loan defaults are students at those for-profit colleges and universities. And you think to yourself, well, why it? Three plus times, the tuition is too expensive, the education isn't worth a damn, and these kids end up deeply in debt and usually drop out when they're deep in debt. So they get nothing to show for it except the debt. 
And some of these debts change their lives. Yep. You know, one of the things Biden's going to do is take a hard look at this industry. There are a few good actors, but sadly not enough. And we've got to police the ranks. Yeah, and and, and the fact of the matter is, uh, with more and more uh, college education going online, the overhead costs are are limited or minimized uh, at these schools. And they need to open the books and say, look, thanks for the tax breaks. Here's what we're doing. Here's why the price makes sense. Uh, otherwise, you guys, uh, you know, you got to crack down on them. Let's send on some good news. The American Families Plan and Expanded Child Tax Credit, which was originally part of the American Rescue Plan, I believe. The names of the plans aren't as important as what the folks get. So explain that, if you would. What we have in uh, the state of Illinois is roughly 338,000 children who are uh, below the poverty line, meaning when you take a look at the income of the family, there's no way they're making ends meet. They just can't make the rental payment, pay the utility bills, keep the car on the road, put food on the table, buy clothes for school, the basics, not to mention the things that families enjoy, like a trip to Baskin-Robbins or whatever it is. It's just not part of their lives. They're struggling. So we have a child tax credit. We've expanded it. And starting next week, people will be receiving additional money, those families with children below the poverty line, and, and those who need help. And that, to me, is money well spent. We'll find out in a matter of several months what happens. But we think that that can lift 40% or more of children in impoverished family situations above the poverty line. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal, and we will include notes on this conversation and links to where you can get more information on it. Uh, Senator Durbin, I, uh, again, know how busy you are. I appreciate your time. Uh, We need you to keep up the fight. And, uh, and and let's just try to be optimistic in this country that we can turn this around uh, because we have to. There's no other choice. Don't uh, I couldn't agree with you more, Steve. And your listeners, don't shrug your shoulders and say it's over. We can't do a damn thing about it. We have overcome things in our history of much greater challenge. Uh, and we can put this nation back on track on a bipartisan basis and be proud of ourselves. If you're purchasing a new home or refinancing your existing home, do what I've done, what my daughter has done on multiple occasions, what my sister's done. It's Team Hochberg, your trusted local lender. All David Hochberg wants to do is save you money. But he'd like to thank you for allowing Team Hochberg to uh, to help you, your friends, your family, your coworkers. Uh, with a mortgage in the past year, Team Hochberg funded over $355 million in refinance transactions, which help listeners secure lower rates, shorten the term of their loans, and uh, pay off debt. Save listeners over $275,000 a month. Team Ockberg also helped listeners purchase over $88 million worth of new homes last year. Second homes, too, and investment properties. Look, when the pandemic hit, Team Ockberg helped listeners understand the importance of and explained how to take advantage of forbearance to save their homes. Uh, forbearance? I thought it involved forbears. I didn't even know. Team Hochberg helped me and thousands of my podcast listeners, and they would greatly appreciate the chance to help you secure a mortgage in this coming year. I mean, throughout the rest of 2021, because the sun came up, baby, things are looking better. 855-56-DAVID, 56david.com. And we remind you, tune into Home Sweet Home Chicago, hosted by David, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on WGN. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 1124061. Back, I'm live from my office. Uh, You know, in the show notes, we give you social media links, and we tell you about various things you'll need to know about the episode 
that you're listening to or about to listen to. And in this case, there's a lot of Durbin information there, Dick Durbin information. Um, the charity of the episode, remember, we always uh, try to get you a charity in each episode that uh, represents what we're talking about or is someone, the person who guested on the episode would like us to plug and the point being, uh, the point here, I should say, is that you can tell me about a charity you want me to plug. Send me that information and make sure you include a website so we can do a little research on our end. Send it to thecochranshow at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to plug the organizations you support that mean a lot to you. One of the things we just discussed with Dick Durbin was gun violence and the gun violence in Chicago that is now spread out of a handful of neighborhoods and is downtown and uptown and on the north side of the city, in the south side of the city. And it has to stop. Uh, if you look at the notes uh, for this podcast, we've got a, uh, a, a website, greatnonprofits.org. It's actually blog.greatnonprofits.org. And this particular article features nine nonprofit organizations who are working for gun control. Included in those is a coalition to stop gun violence, uh, with 47 national organizations getting together to make up the coalition, trying to reduce gun violence in America. There's an organization called Every Town for Gun Safety, a movement of Americans working together to end gun violence and have sensible laws put into play, background checks, domestic violence. Uh, victims don't have to worry because the people that have hurt them would not be allowed to get a gun, that kind of thing. The Brady campaign you remember the Brady campaign comes out of uh, Jim Brady, the former White House press secretary, who was shot and seriously injured and would later uh, arguably die from his wounds on that Ronald Reagan assassination attempt. Well, the Brady campaign's done an awful lot to stem the tide of gun violence in this country. Their work continues. They're featured in the article as well. The Newtown Action Alliance will break your heart following the tragic shooting at Sandy Hook where a lunatic killed little children. The Newtown Action Alliance was formed. They're working hard, as is one of the highest-rated charities, the Violence Policy Center, working to stop gun death and injury. Through research, education, advocacy, and collaboration, there's Americans for Responsible Solutions, fronted by the Giffords, the astronaut himself, and Gabrielle Gifford, uh, Giffords, I should say, the congresswoman who was shot years ago at a supermarket appearance in Arizona, and the list goes on and on. So check that out by picking up the link to it directly uh, in the show notes here. And again, let me know about charities you'd like me to consider plugging. The Cochran Show at gmail.com. Time flies. We got to go. Until next time, I thank Ross Cochran, as always, for putting this together and making sure you get to hear it. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. And thank you for listening to Live From My Office. Thank you for listening to Live From My Office, a service of Monkey Run Productions. All rights reserved. The podcast is hosted by Steve Cochran, and it's mixed, edited, and produced by me, Ross Cochran. Steve is available for corporate speaking gigs. He would love to emcee your event. And occasionally, he's funny. Thank you for listening. Head to CochranShow.com for more.